Third and final hour for me, Jody Mack, here on this Father's Day Sunday on 94 WIP. I'll go to the top and then turn it over to Al Morgani and Rob Ellis. They'll get you right up until Phil's and A's from the West Coast. One quick note before we punch up our uh, next guest to talk some Phil's with us. I just saw this on SportsCenter, so I went to the website to confirm it. This is why you have to take estimations on injuries with a grain of salt. Ten days ago, Pete Alonzo of the Mets was hit by a pitch, uh, did some damage to his hand, uh, fracture to his uh, hand. And the original estimate was Alonzo was going to miss three to four weeks, three to four, so almost a month for Pete Alonzo. And I said, this is good news for the Phillies because Alonzo was easily the Mets' best offensive player so far this week. They just flash it across the screen at the bottom of uh, the screen on uh, ESPN. Pete Alonso activated by the Mets for today's game. He got hurt on June 7th. So the 10 days are up today. And he got activated today. What happened in three or four weeks? 10 days is 10 days. The downside, three weeks, is 21 days. I think he's going to be out for at least 11 more days. He's going to miss the Phillies-Mets series this week. Nope, back in the lineup for the Mets today. So whenever you get an estimate on injuries... Yeah, you, you'll, you'll know when the guy's back when he's back. Up until then, you don't really know anything. They they put out these general guesstimate injury uh, links, and uh, Pete Alonso will be back here in the city field, Citizens uh, Bank Park, for the Mets and Phils next week. All right, th- that aside, let's talk some Phillies baseball as they continue on this very productive and winning road trip. Here to give us some Phillies insight is an editorial director for philliesnation.com, our buddy Mr. Tim Kelly. TK and I know we got too many of those. How you been, brother? I've been I've been great, Jody. It's good to talk to you. Uh, my pleasure to talk to you. Uh, agree or disagree with what I just said about? Please don't read into uh, injury length ahead of time until you know that a guy's definitely. If he's got a broken leg, you know he's not going to be playing the next week. But other than that, you just got to wait until a guy comes back or continues to be out, right? Yeah, I generally agree with you. I thought this was a bad enough injury that he probably would miss a month. So uh, I'm as surprised as you are that he's back this quickly. Understood. And he is a key element to the Mets, and he will be here next week. All right, Phillies, let me get your take on this because we discuss it now in number one. The numbers are the numbers, and they're inarguable. Aaron Nola from the windup, Aaron Nola from the stretch. Significant difference, uh, batting average, uh, whip, everything else, strikeouts and walks. Uh, he's just a different pitcher this year from the stretch than he is from the windup. Why? I, I think the natural conclusion has to be something related to the pitch clock and then also that maybe mechanically he's gotten off. But, but whatever it is, he's cost himself to this point quite a bit of money and as productive as the Phillies have looked in recent weeks, until he gets past this uh, stretch where he seemingly has one blow-up inning every start, the, the Phillies' ceiling can only be so high because he has to be at the forefront if this team's going to make another deep playoff run. All right, so let me ask you about that blow-up inning. Because um, you're right. It, again, the evidence is the evidence, and you can't refute it. Does Rob Thompson right now have to be more attentive to that? 
I get it. You come into every single game with a guy like Nolan Hill, you hope you're getting seven because that spares your bullpen, and that's the game plan to start at every single game. But then Nolan pitches the way he pitches, and if the blow-up inning is going to be the fourth, does he have to be quicker on the trigger of getting him out of there or do you have to just say, he's an ace, we're living with him, whatever he gives up, he gives up, uh, he's our guy, we're not pulling him earlier than that. Do you think that Rob Thompson has to tweak the way he handles Nola? Well, I think you, you kind of outlined the problem there. If this blow-up was happening in the sixth or seventh inning, then I would say, yes, it's happening. He's had issues in the first previously. Now it seems to have been the fourth inning lately. Like You need length out of Aaron Nola, especially when you're – essentially doing a bullpen game once every five days. So I think that's been the issue is you don't know exactly when it's going to come. It's not coming where he it's late in the game and he's just gassed because even in that Arizona start, it comes in the fourth inning and then he pitches a few innings after yep. that. And the most valuable thing about Aaron Nola is that consistently he's able to give you at or around 200 innings. So you don't want to take that part away from him, but you can't go seven innings and give up five runs either. You need to go uh, find a way to minimize the damage when you do get into a rough inning. All right, Christopher Sanchez came up, gave him a really solid start yesterday. I like some of the things I saw from Sanchez last year. Didn't love him in spring training, wasn't pitching well in the minors. So it kind of came out of left field that he gave him as good an effort as he did. Is he their new fifth starter for you after his four shutout innings yesterday, Kane five in only four innings? He's the fifth starter for the next time through the rotation. I, I don't know how he couldn't be. Beyond that, I don't think anything's guaranteed, but you've seen they just don't have a lot of great options. I, I listened to you earlier talking about they did bet too much on Andrew Painter, clearly with uh, hindsight. They also bet too much on Bailey Falter, being able to replicate what he did in the second half of last season, and it was a disastrous outcome. So their options just aren't very good right now. Until they get to the trade deadline, I think you mix and match, and right now Christopher Sanchez seems to be, even though, like you said, he hasn't even pitched well at AAA this season. When he's come up and he's pitched one, one and a half times through the rotation, he's looked serviceable. And that's what they're, I think they would settle for serviceable right now in the fifth spot in the rotation. We're talking to Tim Kelly, editorial director for philliesnation.com, here with us on 94 WIP. All right. Yesterday, they also, in addition to Christopher Sanchez, got a little bit of a contribution from Christian Pache, who was a surprise addition to the Phillies early in the season, uh, right as the season was getting underway. He was hitting before he got hurt, which is a surprise. We knew he was going to be a very good defensive uh, center fielder and be able to give uh, Marsha Day off every once in a while out there. Uh, another one who I thought was going to get back from his injury quicker than he did. You can never really hold the teams to that, how long the guys are going to be out. How much is Pache going to be able to contribute from now to the end of the year if he stays healthy? Well, to a degree, it depends on if he's able to hit. But if he can even hit 210, like the rest of the tools are so good. It's not fair for him that when he came up with the Braves, he got compared to Andrew Jones. But I watched the reads he gets in center field, and there's not too many people other than Andrew Jones that I've seen be able to get the jumps that he does in center field. That play he had Friday night in Oakland, mm -hmm. there's not five players in baseball that make that play in center field. And then yesterday, I thought he was going to be a dead duck at third base. He ends up sliding through. Now, if they had held the tag, he might have been out because he split past 
uh, the third base bag, but he, he's very fast. If he hits just a little bit, he's going to play in the league for 15 years because the rest of the tools are that good. And it, it's an, at, at a minimum, an extremely valuable player to have on your bench. Right. And uh, if nothing else, defensive replacement late in games for Schwarber in left field is something he'd be able to upgrade, maybe save a game for them somewhere down the line as the season goes on. All right. Uh, final game of the West Coast swing. Uh, you get Mr. Wheeler on the hill today for the uh, Phillies. We talked about Aaron Nola and trying to figure out what his issue has been as far as between the stretch and pitching from the windup. Nola, uh, Wheeler for me just seems to have needed to get up to speed. They got off to a slow start. Maybe didn't get enough work in spring training. We can overanalyze that. But would you say we are close to seeing the ace like Zach Wheeler as of right now? Yeah, I would. I would say that start in D.C. he had a couple weeks ago was a little bit fluky because there were so many bad defensive plays in the outfield in one inning, and it kind of spiraled. But I, I think you're on to something. He is someone that tends to be a little bit slower in spring training, which is one of the reasons he didn't pitch in the World Baseball Classic. But, uh, I mean, to me, he's someone, he's 33 years old now. He has had an injury history. He may just be this in the sense that, he doesn't reach his peak form until Memorial Day. But when he does, he's still uh, among the better pitchers in the National League. And especially given that Aaron Nola hasn't pitched up to his capability, they need Wheeler to do that. And pretty much all the advanced numbers suggest that he's been better than maybe the back of the baseball card numbers would lead you to believe. So I, I think he's going to have a very productive summer for the Phillies. Another of the Phillies has kind of kicked it in this road trip even a little before has been Trey Turner. We know about Kyle Schwarber's history of being a June guy, and they just jump off the page at you at how much better he gets when the calendar turns from May to June. I'm not sure. I know I don't know. I don't know if Schwarber knows. I don't know if anybody can explain why a date on a calendar makes such a significant difference, but we'll just take it and the improved Schwarber numbers. Trey Turner a little bit different. He's not a, oh, my God, it's June, here comes Trey Turner kind of guy. It's not been during his career, but much like Schwarber, he's caught fire here in June. Slight adjustment to his swing, is that big a difference? All of a sudden, he's back to being Trey Turner, the all-star that uh, with the Phillies thought they would get when they were signing him rather than the guy who struggled for the first couple of months. Why is Trey Turner now looking like Trey Turner? Well, I think you mentioned that he credited the analytics department with finding a tweak that he could make. And then beyond that, I think there is just a fact that he's getting a little bit more comfortable in Philly, which maybe the Phillies need to figure out this offseason why free agents have had a difficult time the last couple of years uh, finding immediate comfort in Philadelphia. But beyond that, you're right. I, I mean, that Arizona series, that that's a good baseball team right now. Corbin Carroll's as good a player as there is in the sport today. Uh, the, the way he's played the last six weeks. Mm -hmm. But when you see what the Phillies lineup looks like when Trey Turner is going and Kyle Schwarber is going, the Phillies have as deep of a lineup as any team in baseball. And it, it's just, it, it's a drastically different feel because Stott and Castellanos have been hitting, but then you got Real Muto, you got Turner, and you got Schwarber going on this West Coast trip. Obviously, people are going to go through ups and downs throughout the course of the season, but I think. This road trip has given you an indication of what the Phillies can be at their best, and obviously Trey Turner's at the forefront of that. And speaking of the lineup, I know, and I'll get calls on I guarantee I get calls on Schwarber's not a leadoff hitter. 
He's hitting 182. You can't have a leadoff hitter at 182. Well, when a guy gets as many walks as Schwarber does and hits as many homers to give you a one nothing lead before you can blink, that's not a bad thing. And the Phillies record with Schwarber batting leadoff and when somebody else batting leadoff is stark difference. The manager's going to stick with this, isn't he? Schwarber's going to be their leadoff hitter for the rest of the year, is he not? Yeah, well, I think there's a lot of factors that go into it. You have a very left-handed lineup, so if you bat Trey Turner right-handed leading off, then you kind of have a bunch of lefties bunched up. Trey Turner also hasn't been good leading off this year, and Bryson Stott's been significantly better hitting sixth than hitting first or second. So between that and the fact that Schwarber's more comfortable, like you mentioned, uh, the success in June – doesn't really make sense, but it is what it is. And I think he, he's had his most success the last few years when he's let off. So even if this isn't your prototypical uh, Kenny Lofton type leadoff hitter, if this is what works for the Phillies, so be it. You got to a World Series with it. How, how bad can it really be? All right, Kenny Lofton. I like it. I probably got Ricky <laughs> Henderson, but I like Kenny Lofton too. I know the point you're trying to make. All right, TK, let's see how superstitious you are as a baseball fan. Um, how much of the Phillies' recent success, and I mean the last 10 games, is tied to their restarting last year's rally song? <laughs> I, I got to be honest. I've never been a huge fan of the song. I got really sick of hearing it by the end of last year. <laughs> <laughs> but whatever works, I think, is what you have to go with. So if that's what's working for them right now, it's hard to argue with the result. It's funny. I'm in the car yesterday with my daughter. We're going out to lunch. Uh, I'm busy on Father's Day working, so my daughter said, let's, let's get a Father's Day Saturday lunch. I said, all right, you got a pumpkin. Um, and sure enough, they played the song. I like the song. I just don't see it as a baseball rally song. It's not like a get-pumped-up kind of song. It's a good song. I do enjoy it, and even though, yeah, it's kind of beat to death. I hadn't heard it all that much, but they're playing it on the radio again now because the Phillies are making it work. I do like it, and you're right. Hey, don't question it. I like it. it. When the players are singing it, I like that better than actually hearing (laughs) the the slow song. I actually like the song, which is kind of weird, I know. Uh, TK, great stuff. Good to catch up with you again, brother. I'll get you back on soon enough. Enjoy uh, Philly's Father's Day action today. All right, thanks, Jody. Have a good one. Tim Kelly, one of the editorial directors of phillynation.com, here with us on 94WIP. All right, Jody Mac coming back. I got 40 minutes left. I will turn it over to Al Morganti and Rob Ellis, who will get you to Philly's baseball this afternoon. They're up next, but up next – First things first, are you guys on my telephone lines? We can continue the Philly conversation. We got a little Eagles and Sixers in earlier, uh, U.S. Open. That's what I'll be watching uh, as soon as I get off the air here. I know the leaders are teeing off to later on in the afternoon. I got to find out what time Hideki Matsuyama tees off because he's the guy I got left a little wager action in the top ten today. Um, golf and or baseball, you want to go hoops or football? That works for me, too. Hit me up, 215-592-9494. Jody Mac, Father's Day edition on 